1: Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Tom Bernard Show. com with...
3: Catherine Brandt. Alex Brandt-Bernard.
1: Andy Brandt-Bernard. Ralph W. MD.
4: Lou Del Monte.
3: And Mishki,
1: And Mishki, And Molina.
4: I we got a Mishki and a
1: Molina in the same booth. But we don't have enough chairs.
5: There's an odd well, buzz. Well, you
1: can roll. No, there isn't. That's a fan sound. Oh, it's a fan, yeah. You'll really? be fine. Hmm. I am holding the book in my hand. Oh, by the way. Do you have a fan in your book to keep it cool? Oh, the thing's going to go. Some cooling. Yesterday, Louis, should I call you Louis or Lou? Lou. Lou. Lou Del Monte. But then it sounds like you like a collector for the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tom, Lou Del Monte's here. Ooh, that's not okay. good. Lou the Chin. Lou <laughs> the, chin, <laughs> the, the Chin's, chin chins down 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 here. But it's Lou from Minnetonka. It
3: doesn't have the same weight.
4: No New York ties. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, you see, you got a
1: Del Monte and a Molina. Uh-oh. My, uh, Mike Molina's here. Nice Italian boys. Bella. So we got that covered. Bella. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh Kelly. My, I was just going to discuss my, my my career just very quickly with it, because we're going to interview Lou Del Monte about the artificial intelligence revolution. Will artificial intelligence service or replace us? Uh, his book went to number one. What do you think of that action? Yesterday, I interviewed Daryl Brown. Now, if that name does not sound familiar, Mishki, do you know who Daryl Brown is? Do not. Why did not you bring your reading glasses?
3: You didn't know I would be bunch reading. Bunch
1: eye diseases. They don't work. <laughs> okay, let me put these over here. Oh, they're not infectious diseases. No, you don't have to. Oh, good.
0: He doesn't have pink eye.
1: Mike, aren't you getting get the chair? I'm oh, okay. You're all right. Yeah. Okay, well, I just want He's you the to bouncer. be comfortable. I just want you to be comfortable. Uh, I interviewed Daryl Brown yesterday and had a ball interviewing him. Daryl Brown is the son of James Brown, wow. the R and B singer, oh yeah, the Godfather of Soul. So going from interviewing Daryl Brown to interviewing you, it just shows just the broad spectrum. The broad
3: scope. That's where I like to use the word breadth. The breadth. Bread. Bread. <laughs> <Breadth. laughs> <laughs>
0: it's not you know, very Luke, it, it's a very common word these days. It's a
1: toughie. Really. I don't like saying it. Uh-huh. Bread. You know, it's interesting. We're we're artificial intelligence. Uh, Catherine and I watch a lot of shows on the Science Network and the Nat Geo and on the History Channel and this and uh, they're talking about now that, that uh, artificial limbs can be operated by thinking about moving. Muscle. I mean, it's just amazing how far they've come with this. In Japan, they've developed a pair of artificial – they're kind of like braces. Mm -hmm. But they actually make your legs, which do not operate any longer, they make your legs now work. I just kind of – so it's not really – it is your legs moving the braces, but it's because of the braces that your legs can move.
0: This is for qu- quadriplegics, not just the lazy. No,
1: well, paraplegics. But here's Parap- the freakish I mean. thing. Not just the <laughs> lazy. Yes, Catherine. <laughs> it's for lazy people. That's
3: my wife there, Lou. <laughs> Hi, but here's the freakish thing. Mm-hmm. I was talking while you were out during the break about the Japanese robots, Oh, and yeah. he made the point that they're still not, quote-unquote, intelligent. They're able to right. do a task that they're assigned right. to do. But intelligence, and I think you can elaborate on this, is <clears throat> that's a whole different ball game. That's yeah. when we're getting dangerously close to a machine doing what we do.
0: Yeah,
4: that's correct. Uh, the point of the book is it's a warning. Good. Okay, so uh, to this point... Uh, they've been making uh, various judgments as to when will we get to the intelligence level of human and then when will we exceed that and the intelligence level of human, the best judgment is about 2025 to 2030 that will be at that point okay. okay, exceeding that they call it the singularity which means that we will have exceeded not just the intelligence of one human, but the combined intelligence of all the humans on the face of the planet. And that is uh, projected to occur between 2040 and 2045.
1: That'll be dead, thank
3: God. Now, listen listen to this, though. <laughs> is this bizarre? 25, 2025 It's 11 years away. It's only 11 years away, right. What 11 is, years away, yeah. we could be at the point where a a mechanical piece of machinery knows as much as any human.
4: That's correct. And acts very similar to a human actually has uh, what they call effective computing, which means that it has feelings that it will empathize with you. It'll say, well, you know, you look sad today. You're having a bad day. So that's projected to occur between 2025 and 2030. But exceeding the intelligence of the combined human race, is uh, projected to occur to occur between 2040 and 2045 and it's called the singularity because it's never happened before it's a yeah. one time event All right right and the, the the concern that i'm raising in the book is what will these intelligent machines how will they view us
1: well i'm going to ask you a question about that we're going to take a very quick break here what's the agenda everyone has one Every day, media and business analyst Blois Olson hosts The Daily Agenda, an inside look at politics, business, and life. Olson pokes and prods opinion leaders to gain a deeper perspective about how the world really works and what the agenda of power brokers and media really is. The Daily Agenda podcast every weekday live from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network. Every morning, The Daily Agenda brings you insider's insight. On who's pulling the levers of power and what's the strategy and motivation of the politicians, the business leaders, and the people who run this town. Blois Olson, The Daily Agenda, every day at 10 a.m. on the Tom Bernard Network. Dougie, what's new at Walzer? I was reading this article in Edmonds about car shopping. Take a look. Okay. Americans hate car shopping so much they'd rather give up sex and do taxes. Yeah, it gets better. What's ridiculous, though, is just how many people hate the haggle. One in five said they'd willingly give up sex for a month rather than haggle for a new car. Another 44% said they'd be willing to give up Facebook. Read on, sir, Tom. Even more worrying, though, are the number of people that had simply prefer to avoid the car buying experience altogether. One in three people surveyed said they'd rather do taxes, go to the DMV, or sit in an airplane's middle seat.
0: Tom, this is the reason that Walzer does business differently. We've been hassle and haggle free for over 10 years, and people love it. Great pricing on online in the store every single car
1: every single day and you don't have to give up facebook nope in fact i'd like you to read our new slogan from our brand new marketing department okay here goes don't give up sex buy from walzer and save the haggling for home what do you think slight improvement over the old marketing department Ladies and gentlemen, the artificial intelligence revolution, will artificial intelligence serve us or replace us, Lou A., well, actually on the book it says Louis A. Del Monte, so I want to get the author's name right. We'll, we'll talk to him as Lou, but it's Louis A. Del Monte uh, on the book. We've been talking about artificial intelligence. Uh, mishki has been talking about computers, teaching other computers, therefore they get smarter than those smarter computers, teach yet another bank of computers, they get smarter, and um, it's funny because I was reading – we were on vacation about a week and a half ago and I was reading the short stories of F. Scott Fitzgerald mm. and uh, talk, there's some talk in the book about social construction of identity, which is going on in America now like never before. How, how will self-esteem enter into artificial intelligence? Is it – I mean obviously they're not going to be raised by anybody. Yeah. So this just whole self-esteem emult. issue, is it just going to go away?
4: Well, we're really talking about self-consciousness when you get into Mm -hmm. self-esteem. Right. And uh, the question, it's a very good question. The question is, how much feeling, how much intelligence are we talking about? For example, if we had all this, all the, there's a difference between intelligence and emotion, okay? Right. And if we... Had the machines be totally uh, what they call effective computing, mm-hmm. totally capable as a human, then you then you would get into every issue that you get into with humans
1: that's what scares me
4: and that's what, that's, that's one of the concerns is that the machines, and there are experiments that show this that without being programmed, that machines uh, actually learn self preservation all by themselves. Uh, nobody had a teacher that's not
1: Oh good. <laughs> see one of the problems I have right now, is we're talking about uh, around the world, well, I shouldn't say around the world, in many parts of the world, and certainly in the United States, about equality, that we're all equal. But what what comes along with that is self-esteem issues about religion, about race, about sexual orientation, about gender. And we've gotten to a point now where it's been decided that my self-esteem is your problem and i that i'm very uncomfortable with that that if you disagree with anything i say it's it's because i'm this that or the other thing it's not because i'm a human being it's not because i'm tom you are criticizing me because of this one thing i think that's a huge problem i really do because now i'm responsible because you have low self-esteem i'm the one responsible to prop you up that's that's your job you understand what i'm saying yeah <clears throat> that scares me
4: even more here. Because well, wouldn't now you have to
0: program that into a computer to worry about things like that?
4: We're really talking about consciousness. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's truly no scientific definition of consciousness. That's the
1: problem, yeah.
4: And basically what some of the researchers believe is that if you put enough of what they call uh, uh, intelligent systems, smart systems mm-hmm. together, that if you build enough of them, to the point where they can conceptualize like a human being does, then the machine will gain uh, uh, consciousness. And people have asked, well, how would you prove that? And the best test we have was proposed in the 1950s by Alan Turing. He was a pioneer in the field. It's called the Turing test. And it's if we could carry on a conversation like you and I are doing, Mm -hmm. and that someone in the next room, not familiar with your voice or mine, if you were a machine and I were a human, for example, right. couldn't tell the difference, then they'd say, for all practical purposes, you're conscious.
3: Yeah, that's very good. I don't want to throw a wild wrench into this, but you must be aware that there are quantum physicists who believe there's a difference between the mind and consciousness.
4: Yeah. It, here's, the, here's the question. Uh, if you look at, uh, for example, one of the top researchers in the field, Ray Kurzweil... He's trying to emulate consciousness by emulating the human brain. All right. Now, that's one approach. Today's computers don't typically have that approach. They have a bank of hardware that are, that saves storage, another bank where they do processing, etc. Now, if you look at... I'm going to make an analogy between birds and today's aircraft. Birds, which... You know, were the first animals to fly, et cetera, and bats. Their physiology is irrelevant to today's aircraft. Right. So do you really need to build a machine, let's say a neural network, which would emulate the human brain? Do you really need to build a machine like that to have consciousness? The answer may be no, because there have been some experiments in 2009, for example, uh, where machines actually learned deceit, to lie to one another. They weren't programmed to do that. And they learned So hold on.
3: You're saying that <laughs> you're yeah. saying wait, that wait, they wait, evolve. That's correct. You're saying that they, machines go through evolution that, on their own. That's right. Oh, and yeah. they learned the experiments in the book,
4: and basically I could take I can give you a quick reference to it, but it it, it not, took place at I don't like that. Um, the Laboratory of Intelligent <laughs> Systems, like that, Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Lucerne. Now, the machines were supposed to cooperate. The robots were supposed to cooperate. That's what they were programmed to do. And they were supposed to find a beneficial resource, and everybody was supposed to partake. Okay. When they found a beneficial resource, they lit a light, and all the other robots would come there. Well, they found that the machines started to not like that. Because what, so what they would do is they'd actually go to a harmful resource, light a light there. When those machines went to the robots, went to the harmful resource, the robot would go to the beneficial one. So they learned deceit Deceit? all by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So the, and that that was done in 2009, that experiment.
3: Is Uh, that deceit
0: or
4: is it like, Common sense, what we'd call common sense. Yeah, humans do that all the time. It's a level of, uh, it's a rudimentary level of lying, of common sense. uh, You know, if if we were humans trying to survive, uh, as the early humans and even today, we cooperate with one another because it's in our best interest. Right. Those robots were never programmed to do anything but cooperate. (laughs) <laughs> and they learn by themselves without any help that's so crazy. but here 's the
3: here 's the here 's the upside twenty twenty five if we continue to allow this work to be done it 's highly unlikely there will be many deadly diseases on planet earth
4: yeah that 's the big lure is that, as Tom was talking about and and you were talking about that uh artificial intelligence is making remarkable breakthroughs in medical areas, and that people with prosthetic limbs now can get it hooked into the nervous system and and it'll move as well as the arm did. That's the lure is immortality. That's what they're going to offer Not
3: necessarily immortality, the end of a great deal of suffering. If there were no cancer on planet Earth, it, it's not about immortality but it's about a lot less suffering.
4: It, That's true, but it will approach. The big lure will be uh, we can replace just about everything. Every organ. And give you brain implants that will mm-hmm. make you more intelligent. You'll be able to communicate with us directly, et cetera. Got one on you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about somebody I know. But thank God
5: he wasn't looking at me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm a little worried. See, I, f- I find this conversation just to be tremendously fascinating because of the huge upside and the huge downside. It's... Look. Uh, it's, that's it's it, wonderful Well, yeah, because if,
0: if an AI can get self-preservation, yeah. what would be the point of having people that could possibly unplug them or undo oh, it? Humans have
4: self-preservation. You're, you're, right, but you're right on. I know, That's what uh, I'm saying. You know, basically, you look at the human species, okay? And the Kurzweil's view, he's one of the leading researchers, is this, they're going to be grateful to us. Mm. And, mm-hmm. and then so you look at the human species... <laughs> And you say, uh, well, this is a warlike species. We have wars. We have enough nuclear weapons to wipe out the world twice over. Uh, we're, we're not a predictable species. And our wars, and we do computer viruses, which would be very dangerous to them.
0: Yeah, just for fun.
4: Yeah, right for malicious purposes. Mm-hmm. And so the basic issue, they would look at the human human race and say, you know, even though they gave us... Uh, a life so to speak right. to use our word Um they're a, they're a threat even to themselves sure. you know so they're a threat to us so in the late the end of the, the this century the beginning of the next century they will have converted most of humankind into cyborgs because if somebody says look uh, you have a bad heart we'll give you a brand new one and you'll live another 25 years. Sometimes you'll do it. Lou, behind that
1: computer down at the end of this table is my son, Andy.
4: He's a cyborg.
1: My (laughs) son, Andy, told me.
2: Well, actually, uh, you are the closest thing to a cyborg in the room. That's right. I have a a
5: half-artificial knee.
1: Half-artificial knee. Tommy, you will love this about Andy. Just what you were talking about, Lou. Andy, about six months ago, said to me, Dad, you do realize that in the near future, they'll be able to take a human's essence... And put it into a machine. And then this and next that part essence never will live for, Yes, it that's,
4: did. That's an uploaded human.
1: An uploaded human yeah. will put your essence into yeah. a, a machine, and you will then live forever. Of course, you won't live long enough to see that. Yeah. That's exactly what you said.
4: That's the hope that uh, people that are having their heads frozen or thinking yeah, yeah, to <laughs> and all yeah. that. But, Ted, but you... fundamentally, ask yourself this question. Uh, in the late 21st century, early 22nd century, why would a machine keep your code running? It takes energy. Yeah, yeah. And so what did they get out of it?
3: No, that's good. You know. what, if, what if it turned out that their great <clears throat> gift, these machines' great gift was more empathy than human beings had, more intelligence in terms of how to run a planet than human beings have? Maybe at a certain point they ought to replace us.
4: Yeah, that that argument is that it's our natural evolution to become machines, and for mm. them to then take over the earth. If and, they're better, and it becomes, if they're smarter, it becomes if they're a machine, kinder, a machine planet.
3: Just think yeah. of a bunch of sweet, kind, loving machines <laughs> running the world. The Mischi machine.
2: <laughs> I'd fit right in. No one would know.
4: No one would
1: know.
2: That just, okay, eyeballed. reproduction. Like what?
4: Oh, that's great. You know, in twenty forty-five. That generation of machines will develop the next generation. And make bigger them. And we won't even, the organic humans like you and I won't even understand what they're doing. That's how advanced it will be. If you, want, just... if you want an example <laughs> of reproduction today, look at computer viruses. They reproduce all by themselves. They spread throughout the world. And look at what they do to your machine.
2: Well, yeah, so people are just going to, like, but people will continue to reproduce.
4: Yeah. Until the machines, see, what I think is going to happen in twenty, in the late twenty first century, is that machines will lure us with the the uh, whole idea of immortality into becoming
3: cyborgs. So we shouldn't say okay well we say okay to a knee we say okay to a hip at at the point they want our brain we say even if they have a better brain we have all they don't ask
4: anymore (laughs) they're they're doing brain implants now so this is not uh, yeah if if you look at parkinson's disease Mm -hmm. they're doing implants for parkinson's disease they're doing implants for clinical depression they're finding now ways of doing implants for people that have had strokes and they're repairing that area so the beginning of brain implants is happening right now. And we humans are taking it as quickly as it comes. Right. We love yeah. it. We can't yeah. get enough of it. And the whole lore of immortality, if you extrapolate, do the numbers, extrapolate it out, most of the human race will become cyborgs. My wife said it was okay to mention that she's part cyborg. Today, mm-hmm. that my wife, my, <laughs> mine is too. My wife has uh, artificial parts in her. She has uh, mm-hmm. tubes that uh, uh, replaced veins that were clogged. Okay, right. so right. those are artificial parts. People who have pacemakers yeah. have artificial intelligence. None, in of their the, body. none
3: of those pieces, none of them, take away our humanity until That's you correct. get to the brain.
4: That's right. right. But when you get to the brain and the machine, then. It is talking directly to you, are you going to, to identify more with the machine or more with the human race? The, my belief is that with sufficiently advanced brain implants where they're actually uh, able to communicate directly with the machines, they'll identify with the machines.
3: All right, let me ask you, Tom. Yes, sir. If the machines get so advanced... That you can no longer tell the difference between them and a human being, then what is the difference?
1: But I can tell the difference right now. No. You have to remember from my no. viewpoint.
3: That's uh, not what I'm asking. I when there's spir- no difference, who cares?
1: Well, no, I, I agree with you on that, except for one thing. Uh, Spiral Dynamics states that about 70% of the human race is so stupid they can't function on their own. It's a fact, right? They can't function beyond the level yeah. of a 12-year-old. Yeah. I personally would welcome it. And have someone to talk to. <laughs> I'm just Jeez. kidding about it. I, hey, part of my job is to joke around. Well, the
0: problem uh, is, I mean, well, the way you'd be able to tell is they wouldn't be Googling anything. They'd already know it.
1: <laughs> that's right, <was> <laughs> true. <laughs> and, and we wouldn't. And now. the lottery, forget the lottery, you'd yeah. never win.
4: Yeah. O- organic humans would literally stand no chance. No, absolutely. As we are today, without brain implants, what have you, we would stand no chance against, it would be, in the book, I use the analogy of a 10 Year old just learning to play chess, playing a grandmaster. That's the chance we would stand. So, th- what I'm advocating, I didn't write it to scare everyone, what I'm advocating is we need regulation on this. There's a lot of good in it.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there is.
4: But yeah. potentially, there's the dark side.
1: Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant,
6: what's the latest?
1: And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Uh, Alex has got a question.
2: Population control. Because if you have immortality, nobody's going away and you're just adding more and more.
1: Pollution you're talking about.
2: But I'm just saying, like Resource. we well, think that, yeah, and it's like we think we have a population issue in areas now. of the world now. Yeah. But if nobody's dying, you know, that's
1: a good question, Lou. It, so this artificial intelligence <laughs> all of a sudden detects there are these particulates in the air that come from humans that are killing one another off. I mean. Will they just take the, increase the number of particulates and just kill off the human race?
4: Uh, they they'd have so many options. It's not going to be a Terminator scenario. You're well, not going to see you're not going to see gonna humans fighting you know these cyborgs Arnold and Schwartz tanks. You no, know, basically they're too intelligent for that. What what you'll see is, uh, for example, they they could release a picobot virus, right. small robots that would infect organic humans. And that would be the end of the human race. Uh, in the 22nd century, <coughs> even the cyborgs, they'd say, look, why do we need this half human or one-third human and two-thirds machine? We can build better ones, you know, to your point yeah. where you said, hey, these machines are they're, they're better. Right. We can build better ones. I, I'm saying, look. If you if you look at it, what I believe realistically and extrapolate it out, that we have a lot of good to harvest out of out of artificial intelligence, but we have to put controls in place very similar to the kinds of controls we have on biological weapons. We have very good controls of all the treaties; that one has held up about the best. And that's because if you release a biological weapon,
0: yeah, it could come back could at, come you.
4: Back at mm-hmm. you. So it's only common sense. Don't release one. Right. <laughs> right. And so I'm looking at it from the standpoint of a scientist saying, look, uh, we're going down this path really merrily fast. It's doubling every 18 months. That's the progression. God.
3: Jeez.
4: So, you know, in five years, it doubles by a factor of eight. In seven years, a factor of 16 from where you were. So, what I'm saying, look, bef- while we're on top as humans, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but we have the upper hand. For now. Yeah. Let, let's take advantage of it and put controls in place.
1: Do you have another 20 minutes? Or a, I a, certainly do. Your 10 minutes has kind of exploded on you.
4: Oh, it's okay, <laughs> your 10 by
1: minute now. interview, and Dr. Basham. You as one of the great cyborg builders of all time, mainly breast implants. Yeah, well
5: there
3: you go.
1: <laughs> I want to hear your input on this because, it, uh, in a way, it's what you do—building uh, cyborgs,
3: intelligent breasts. He yeah. builds.
1: Yes, he does. Hmm.
3: Smart breasts. I'm just talking about
1: this. I'm just talking about the cyborg. No. Part. The more you use your smartphone and tablet, the more junk that accumulates browsing history, unnecessary cachet, unused apps, all eat away at your already limited space and slows your phone down, introducing AVG Cleaner, the quick and easy way to clean your Android for more space, longer battery life, and faster performance. It's available right now on Google Play for free. Free doesn't mean watered down. Either it comes from the creators of the number one downloaded free antivirus on Google Play with over 100 million downloads. When you launch AVG Cleaner, you get a simple screen showing how much space is left on your phone and how much you can get back. It does three things well. First, AVG Cleaner frees up space to give you more room for the things you love. Second, it helps give you a longer battery life. Third, AVG Cleaner can run automatically. Download AVG Cleaner right now, absolutely free. Just go to Google Play and search AVG Cleaner. That's A-V-G Cleaner. I have a good reason to be talking today to Mike Bryant of the law firm of Brad Sean Bryant. Other than I'm one of the nicest people you know. Well, that too. Now, today I need some legal advice. I'll do my best. We always do our best for all of our clients. Okay, here's my problem. I think I have a libel case for you to handle. Okay, give me the facts. Okay, the facts are I've been accused of being a bigoted racist asshole.
6: Okay, I think a jury would be convinced, based on your statement, that there is no place for racism, that you hired the first black co-host for a radio show in the market, and that you grew up in North Minneapolis, that you couldn't, by any stretch of the imagination, be guilty of racism. Well, thank you for that. Easy money for Bradshaw and Bryant. The facts show the person was uttering the canard was li- had libeled you, defamed you, and damaged your reputation.
1: And he also called me an asshole. What can you do for me there?
6: Honestly? Well, yeah, of course. In uh, libel, truth is an affirmative defense.
1: You mean if I am an asshole and he calls me an asshole, I have no complaint? I'm just saying. Really nice to have Michael Bryan on the show calling me names. That's, that's a wonderful position <laughs> wow. to be in. No question about it. Talent rolls. Louis Del Monte on the book. Uh, Lou is in studio we're talking artificial intelligence his book is number
3: one on Amazon by the way july congratulations 5th. on that that is a serious accomplishment
4: I appreciate it it's in the uh it was number one for the week of july uh, 5th. fifth uh-huh. and for for most of that week uh, today it's the book is in the forty ish range number forty and uh, in artificial intelligence and the uh, the Kindle, which is very popular, was in, oh, yeah. in the teens, so it, it was doing very well. That's fantastic. It's still doing well. I
3: think well, one day we're actually going to go to war against Kindles. they will be so damn, <laughs> so damn smart.
4: It'll <laughs> be telling you what to read.
3: Well, that's what, Google is do-
4: that's what Google is doing, is they're trying to figure out how to put meaning into search, not just words.
1: Yeah, oh but, yeah, absolutely. But give you
4: meaning, so that's why they hired uh, Mr. Kurzweil.
1: That's, by the way, rather scary.
4: What what Google knows about you, you might not even know about. Oh,
3: I think you're absolutely right about that. They know more about me than I do. There's (laughs) one thing about this brain. uh, I said, you know, you take a body part, you take a knee, you take a heart. It's when you you get to the brain that it gets weird. And (laughs) yet, we're all living longer than we've ever lived before. And if it becomes commonplace to live to 90, right now... One out of two people at 85 years of age get Alzheimer's. One out of two people, their brains will become toast. That's an astonishingly high percent. If an artificial brain part could come along to replace the part of the brain that is rotting away, I would be all for it.
4: Me too. But let us the only thing that we have to be on guard is that at some point we don't turn everything over to the machines. Right. Where they're now the top species, yeah. or the endangered species. Right. And who's calling the shots? You know, I'm for the medical advances. I think that's the big lure. Yeah. I'm going to be the medical advances. I'm for that. Uh, warfare has the whole picture of warfare. One out of, out of every three fighter planes is a drone.
1: Right. Okay.
4: Right. So you, you've got an artificially intelligent machine up there with a pilot playing with the turret sticks. The pilot could be in Oklahoma, and he's fighting in Afghanistan. Uh Okay, so one out of every three warplanes is a drone. I'm for generally the benefits of artificial intelligence. What I'm not for is the extinction of the human race.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I'm anti that, too. I'm going to go out on a limb and, and join you there. (laughs) <laughs> how, well, how do you feel about the extinction of the human race, Tom? I'm just trying to get the dogs
1: to stop fighting. Yeah, they're going to We're we'll talking take... about the book, The Artificial Intelligence Revolution. Will artificial intelligence save us, uh, or service, excuse me, or replace us? Um, Louis A. Del Monte, the author's name. We're talking to him as a Lou today. I'm reading a commercial live for AVG Cleaner. The whole time I'm reading the commercial, I'm hearing...
2: Birch. Birch. She only said it once. No, I she said, said it, it twice.
1: Once. She said so it twice, went. and then I hear in the background Jude squeaking a squeaky toy <laughs> while well, you two were talking about this very high level. You have a, a high level conversation going, and Jude's in the background going.
3: <clears throat> <laughs> this is going to bring it
1: home for everybody. <laughs> Which
3: I think is a good. Thing. What do I think of what now? <laughs> what well, we no, the extinction of the human race. I oh, yeah, agree, yeah, I, but there is sort of this. Um, it, it reminds me a little bit of of the nuclear business. Once the cat's out of the bag, once once you have the nuclear knowledge, do you really ever go to bed at night saying, "Well, we're controlling that nicely"? Yeah.
4: No, you don't. If we get to the uh, what's called the singularity twenty forty five, if we get to that point without controls, the ball game is over for us. Right. You know to play out. What I'm suggesting and what I, I'm proposing is that we look at this as a human race problem. This is not a U.S. problem. You know, we in the U.S. think we're the most advanced technologically. Right. Well, if you look at where the biggest supercomputer is, it's in China. They have one twice as capable as our best supercomputer. So this <coughs> is a worldwide issue we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So th- the bottom line is we have to address this the same way we address biological weapons as a human race problem. So
0: we could put a fail-safe if they That's right. decided.
4: Hardware. Yeah. Not not as a morse three laws that won't work. You know because they'll those laws won't work any better than laws for human beings. We uh-huh. have lots of laws about what you can do and not do. And people break them all the time. You need hardware in place that we that they can't harm a human being. That they can't do anything that would endanger our species, and that we have a way to pull the plug if we if we need to. Directive I've, four. Yeah, that
5: doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense that that could happen because they're going to – Become if, they, if we get to the singularity, and if we get to the point where they design themselves, they're going to design that out of them because that's we're not correct. going to understand what's going on as that's, it is. You know, they're correct. going, to, you know, we're going to ask these, com- we're going to ask these uh, computers, we're going to ask this artificial intelligence. I want you to cure this <coughs> disease. So they're going to cure that. I want you to cure cancer. They're going to cure that. Then they're going to cure all these things. And then they're going to start looking at us and say we're just another disease. Well, that's,
4: that's right. That's, yeah, right. that's We're right. just another right. disease. I agree. With
5: it's you. another disease, and they're just kind
4: of. If we don't control it before we get to the singularity.
5: Well, I don't know how you can control. I,
4: well, without could, not
5: without not having it,
4: we we controlled biological weapons. Okay, so and we far, had
3: so far, right? <laughs> so that's so far.
4: true. Well, that you know, that's the case that it's been said many times. So far, that's the case. But most nations recognize that we really can't control biological weapons. If we let the genie out of the bottle, it could come back and get us. Right. Well, we have the same problem. No, There's no serious legislation in place right now. There's not even discussion, serious legislation being discussed, that would limit how intelligent we allow these machines to become. And every 18 months, it doubles. It's just been going down that path.
1: You know, I find it fascinating that I was born in 1951. So I find it fascinating that in the fifties and the sixties, this was entertainment. Yeah, <laughs> the Twilight Zone, The Outer Limits. Yeah. Right, exactly what we're talking fiction. about. It was
4: science fiction. It was science right? fiction,
1: yeah. and it was fascinating and it was fun to watch. But now it's getting closer and closer, it's and it's reality. terrifying.
4: Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like
1: oh wait, <laughs> wait a minute.
0: It, it is hard to believe that we that these advances are. Looming because, I mean, my cell phone pretty much sucks most of the time. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, really.
0: <laughs> Things are crashing constantly. It's well, hard to believe that we're getting that.
2: Close. Well, my question is why do we assume some sort of like cold malice when we've got three dogs here in the room? One human is as smart as the combined intelligence of all dogs, but we don't declare war on them.
1: That's where, yeah, you're talking about that. that like, would the, why
2: wouldn't the machines just basically I, treat us as, you know, we're, Pets. <laughs> we're lower beings, but they're not going to, you know, harm us or anything?
4: I, my view is, and it's a viewpoint, my view is that the true currency of the universe is energy. Yeah. It's nothing else. Right. And that they would look at uh, the humans that were uploaded and say, well, this is junk code. Why do I have to, you know, why do I have to spend energy on this? Why do I have to spend energy keeping cyborgs running and running around? And that I can make better robots in my own factories. You know, so I think it's going to come down to just a calculation that we become uh, a hindrance.
3: What if, what if uh, it's a natural process? You alluded to this earlier. It's a natural process. So say within my lifetime, they develop a brain. It looks exactly like a human brain. It's made of the same material. We create it in a laboratory, and we insert it into somebody. At that point, if it happens incrementally with these different parts replaced, at what point is it really any different If the brain being inserted is the same as a human brain, except instead of being made the old-fashioned way, it's made in a lab. Tell me, in your own philosophical view, what's the difference?
4: I think, basically, they're going to say, why do we need to placate humans?
3: No, what I'm saying is, why do we care at the point that you can hardly tell the difference anyway?
4: They're going to – go ahead.
3: So if you say, well, there's two guys left on Earth who have no artificial parts – well, who cares if those two guys are gone? I mean, when they die, is that reason for great mourning?
4: Well, let's start with, do we want the human race to exist as a, as a species?
3: And I think your answer is, we want them to for the sake of... its Humanity. Just- just for the sake of humanity.
4: Yes, because but, we are and and uh, well, self-preservation.
3: But it gets down to what is a human. I mean, right now, what a human yeah, is—it's yeah, all these different parts we have put together. If a computer puts all these same parts together, what is the difference?
4: It's you can, if you say it's equivalent from an intelligence viewpoint, and that's likely to happen. Without, if, if there's no legislation, it's likely to go incrementally in that direction. Then some of the researchers are saying there is no difference, that whether it's biological or whether it's silicon hardware or atomic computers, et cetera, whatever the next generations are, that there is no difference. And they argue that it's a life form, that it's a new life form. And the concern that I'm raising in the book is uh, what life form do you want to, ex- to uh, exist it may come down to uh, the, the earlier question about the population and what have you that we're going to compete for resources. And they may say, look, we want them. We're the intelligent species. So the reason why I care is I'm an organic human. And I want everything that they can give me that would help.
3: You, you know? sound a little biased as a human. <laughs> Why do you hate cyborgs so much? great
1: (laughs) (laughs) The the, the subject is is tremendous. You know, it's funny. As I go along in life, I learn more and more about humans every day, and I didn't think I could. You think you get to a point when you're like 16, you think you know everything, and then at 21, and then at 30, and then you realize you don't know everything. You're never going to know everything. So from, from, let's say, 40 on, you begin to realize things about other people. Um, We realized September... Eleventh, uh, two thousand one, that three thousand innocent people would be massacred for no reason whatsoever it had nothing to do with anything. Just to make a statement about uh, the the almighty dollar, basically, was to try to crush our financial life. And I I was stunned by that. Uh, the recording of my show that morning is up on. In, it's in the Smithsonian Institute, as a matter of fact. I got that was quite an honor. But I I still and this the Malaysian. A uh, uh, airliner that was shot out of the sky. I can't comprehend how human beings can be that horrible to one another to kill 298 innocent people. What, what's going to become of that? You know, when when 3,000 innocent people are, are massacred, when 298 people you need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. People are killed. Had nothing to do with this Ukraine-Russian battle that's going on. Had nothing to do with it. How did human beings get to the point where it didn't matter, or have we always been that way? And will that continue on in artificial intelligence? Is there any use for that in artificial malice? intelligence? Well, th- well, it's not really even malice; <coughs> These people are innocent. It's malice. It's malice. All
4: right. Well, it's it's there. There are certain fractures of humans that think one way and mm-hmm. and um, try to uh, persevere and put their will on you and. So forth. Uh-huh. I think uh, from the experiments that I've seen, that once they eliminate humans, machines themselves will compete.
1: Well, that's I, that was my question exactly. Yeah. Will that show yeah. up in artificial what, intelligence? Well,
4: it showed up in an experiment uh. in Hussein that uh, these uh, artificial intelligent machines started uh, lying in deceit right. and deceit. They learned that all by themselves. Right. And now you have to think, well, that was 2009. We're in, we're in uh, <laughs> 2014, so they're five times better than they were then. So uh, is, are they going to compete for resources? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. And, and the smarter machines will, will uh, weed yeah. out the weaker ones. Mm-hmm. And the planet <laughs> could become a machine planet. You know, so, we always think of aliens, the great beings that are going to be three feet tall and they're going to land and what have you. Actually, they might be machines. <laughs> right. It could no, have already absolutely. happened.
1: And that's very true. So, so you do think that that, that uh, particular – well, I suppose the fact that, that, that deceit was one of the first things to show up. In these experiments. That's crazy. It just proves that it's going to continue forever, whether it's human beings or machines.
4: Yeah, that the that the mindset is there Ugh. and that you don't have to program it. Actually, no, that's, it, it that's went scary. into it went into hoarding. See, it wasn't mm-hmm. only deceit, but now they started hoarding. So you could say, well, is that implying self preservation? And some level of consciousness, and I think it could say, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it does." Yeah, or,
3: or it could be looked at. Deceit is uh, found in humans beginning at the age of three. Kids at three are already found to mm. be liars. It could be that the machines are at an early stage, mm-hmm. and they'll mature out of that. In a, in the same way, hoarding is also done by kids. You know, they don't, they don't find a difference between their toy and them. You take their toy, and they take it personally. Later on in life, they mature. You can take their toy. I'm wondering if this isn't more indicative of mach- machines being just little babies right now, and when they're mature adults, they might be better.
4: Yeah, I I, I looked at that in the book, and I and said... shot
3: it down. <laughs> that's,
4: that's basically it. I said, look, is it worth the chance to wait and see? No, I get <laughs> on that. Do you want to take that chance no, with your, great, take your, chance. your uh, grandchildren no. and your great-grandchildren, etc.? No. Uh, putting putting controls on uh, and looking at it now while we're still the top species I think is the right thing to do and that's what I'm calling for
1: I can understand that it, it's a fascinating subject what I was going to do during your conversation I was going to go look it's Haley's Comet and then steal his book, <laughs> <He's> <laughs> a book. I, a know, I know I'm a not horn. getting your book now I, I, I love the, the fact word. that Tommy Mischke was here when you came in today Lou because he, it was I, a he pleasure has,
4: to talk with him this was he great
1: tremendous things to add Listen to The Love Happy Hour with Kaylin Rosenberg, the love architect, author, celebrity matchmaker, and renowned relationship expert, along with producer Kelly Guest, live every Friday at thelovehappyhour.com, on demand on iTunes or on YouTube, The Love Happy Hour Weekly on the Tom Bernard Network. We'll be right back in about 60 seconds with more of the
3: show. Oh, whoops. Talking Midwest fence. Chain link fence are kind of going by the wayside, and people want ornamental fences now. Correct. What do you got for that?
0: We're carrying a product called Montage, which comes out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's uh, one of the largest producers of ornamental fence. I've toured their plant several times. It's a top-quality operation down there. I just put some in my own backyard to keep my dogs in. I got 3-inch spacing, which keeps the little critters in. Um, and keep some of the bigger critters out it's a it's a sharp looking fence. I got bronze for my backyard. The most popular color is black, always in r m l but the other thing you'll notice on the chain link fence when you're driving by and you see them black vinyl fences out there. take a peek at them and see where that wire is on the top. Every Midwest fence is flush with the top rail. Look at the competitors. They got that chain link
3: stretched over the top of the top rail. It looks sloppy and messy. If someone's listening to this right now and they're saying, I want these guys to stop out and at least give me an estimate, that cost anything?
0: No fee for an estimate. Estimates are free.
3: This is all good news, man. Can't beat it.
1: You can't beat Midwest Fence.
3: MidwestFence.com. Are you really
1: ready for retirement? Do you know what that really means? It's Tom Bernard here to talk to you about Sandvold and Associates Financial Services Group. Did you know that there are 81 different ways to take Social Security if you're married? Did you know that you have a key opportunity at age 59 and a half to roll over your 401k to an IRA while still working? Did you know that if you don't do certain things when you're age 70 and a half that there are costly tax implications? When it comes to planning for retirement, there's a lot to know, and Terry Sandbold has focused on helping people make sure that they are prepared to lead the life they'd like to when it's time to retire. Whether you want to travel, volunteer, leave a legacy for your loved ones, or a charity, Terry and his team at Sandbold & Associates will help you organize those goals and manage your progress. Terry's been helping people to be really ready for retirement for over 27 years now. Call Sandvold & Associates for a no-cost, no-obligation review or second opinion. Call 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Go online to HelpMeTerry.com. That's HelpMeTerry.com. We welcome Terry and his team to our Tom Bernard Podcast Network with his Money Talk show streaming live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Registered representative of it and securities offered through Questar Capital Corporation, member FINRA, SIPC. Sandvold and Associates are independent of QCC. Sandvold and Associates and QCC do not provide tax and or legal advice, but will work with your attorney or independent tax or legal advisor. And finally, of course, the fine people. At Smile Network, a $500 donation to the Smile Network will change a child's life forever. Go to SmileNetwork.org today to see the amazing stories of healing and relief. The Smile Network and sponsors like you have brought to children around the world. Change the world, change the future, change your life. SmileNetwork.org. Did Lewis,
0: you want to say a little something about last night?
1: What about last oh, night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your Sanibel,
0: associates.
1: Yes. I, yeah, I I introduced Terry Sandoval last night at a uh, conference. Well, it was... It was the what seminar. Was, the seminar would be a better way to seminar. put it. I introduced Terry, and uh, the place was packed. Very, very nice people there. He's a very, very bright guy. Kelly Guest was there. Of course, she's uh, here with Kaylin and with Terry on the uh, podcast network. But, yeah, very, it was fascinating stuff. 81 different ways to draw Social Security if you're married. Did you know that? There are 81 different ways to draw Social Security if you're married. Well, let's get find on that. One of them. <laughs> you find just one. Well, you're nowhere near that old yet. So, what are you going to do? That's what I'd like to know. The number one book on Amazon, ladies and gentlemen, the artificial intelligence revolution. Will artificial intelligence serve us or replace us? Louis A. Del Monte, Lou, as we know him around here. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. It's available Kindle. It's available everywhere. Paperback,
4: yeah. Kindle and paperback. Kindle and
1: paperback. Uh,
4: and they could they could also get it through any bookstore.
1: Are you doing appearances? signings?
4: Um, I was offered three in Chicago and I haven't decided whether I'm going to mm. do them.
1: Good idea, actually. Yeah. Actually, I think I think it'd be terrific because uh, first of all, you're a very easy guy to talk to. Thank people you. would really like that. People at book signings, you know, uh, once in a while, there'll be an author who maybe doesn't connect with people so well. Well, you don't have that problem. So uh, if I were you, I'd do it. I
3: think Thank it'd you. be good for book oh. sales and get out there you know. Pound the pavement a little. <laughs> or you could let technology sell the book for you. <laughs> <laughs> Humans are not needed anymore. Lou, I have been this. using a lot of technology. Yeah. Lou, one thing, one Twitter? thing that
5: does, well, Lou, one thing that does disturb me about the things you've been saying is that you've been uh, you're very critical of the machines and everything. And the the real downfall of the human race isn't going to be what they do. But if you're a human and you criticize the machines, you're going to be referred to as a machine racist. <laughs>
3: And you, you know, are right the, you that. are our
5: first machine racist, and, you know. And I, I just want you to know that. And I, you know, and I, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. I know that some of the other liberal listeners might be uncomfortable with that sort of thing. We can't have this.
2: That reminds me, uh, you were asking Mishki about things that can't go on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I decided to look it up, and uh, there was racist, which makes sense. Misogynistic, not sexist. Misogynistic. And homophobic. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's, I'm responsible
1: for your self-esteem. It's so weirdly specific. Like, why yeah. not sexist? Why the one gender? Because of what I said. Because now I'm responsible for your self-esteem because of who you think you are. You know what i said, I'm not saying that, that you just made it up. But you think that all I see is that one thing in you. It's your gender, it's your sexual orientation, it's your race, it's your religion. You think that all I see in you is that one thing, but that's based on your self-esteem. It has nothing to do with me. And Andy, uh, I'm glad you read that because the way they labeled it is very clear evidence of that. It's it's basically
2: saying that women aren't capable of taking criticism, but men are. That's correct. That or men are malicious and women aren't you could read it either way Uh and both are kind of you know not something you want to be
3: implying especially as a giant company it's interesting to think about these machines breaking up into different categories so instead of us talking about artificial intelligence as one race of artificial intelligence there could be gangs there could be groups there could be all sorts of divisions within the machinery itself
4: yeah what you have today for example are smart agents so what you have in your car for your navigation system, that's a smart agent. Uh-huh. And all it does is give you directions. What they have in for the da Vinci uh, surgical uh, uh, robot, robot mm-hmm. that's another smart agent. It's used by physicians to make very small incisions and do uh-huh. very precise kinds of work. So those are smart agents. And there could be, as I said, a competition for resources at some later point. But you know, I, I was called a machine racist. I think I'm. You are a machine racist. I, I'm not, I'm I think I'm an advocate for the human race. <laughs> oh I oh, I, that, oh well, that's rather, a twist. I'd rather be. Like I'd rather be thought of as an advocate for the human race than a machine <laughs> racist. So the people in
5: Idaho—they're advocates for the white race. Yeah, they're right. Right. No, just
1: the human race. <laughs> The human race.
5: The,
3: the race. artificial intelligence. <laughs> any other? Any final questions, Mr. Mishke? I'm looking forward to reading the book. i got a book to take home and read. I'll probably have a thousand after that. I didn't. I didn't read what it, what yours says. I think yours probably says, what "The hell's your deal, Michelle? <laughs> <laughs> mine says you were the most interesting guy at the table. <laughs> yeah. So I can see that. I can see that to be true. Yeah,
0: because you can see the uh, the robots that have to mine the materials to make the robots. They might be.
4: They might only be yeah. so intelligent, you know, yeah. like like a yes. vacuum cleaner robot that you can buy today. All right. it does yeah. is vacuum your rug or I robot. you know.
5: Or will yep. yeah, and the vacuum robots. They'll be the women. The <laughs>
4: airport, airport. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry,
5: I, this is going to happen. There's going to be sex among these. You're going to have, have things. They'll be, they'll be. That's what that would
0: Gender. Be.
3: What if it they'll turns out that sex with these things is better than any human body has ever been able to produce? <laughs> then, then we're doomed. Humans are <laughs> out we're of air. We are
1: toast. God. <laughs> yeah, we are toast.
3: <laughs> the author's name, Louis A.
1: Del Monte, Artificial Intelligence Revolution. Will artificial intelligence serve us or replace us? Uh, a lot of different viewpoints. A fascinating conversation, though. Thank you, Tom. And, and Tommy, I'm really glad you Thank were here. Yeah, and thanks, Ralph. For I, I like the fact that you attacked him and tried to destroy. Well, I'm not destroying credibility. I'm just, that show, I'm, had. Just,
5: I'm just holding up the truth here. That's what I'm doing. The truth
1: uh,
2: from Weird Al to Yeah, from Weird Al, Yankovic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, from Weird Al Yankovic. That's
1: true. From Weird Al Yankovic. To Lou. That that was a (laughs) hell of a show. (laughs) We had a dream. We (laughs) had a a dream. It was magnificent. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Have a great night. Thank you.